Rugby League fans, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. Coach LJ and Squid here bringing you bands from the week that was and of course the week ahead. Now we just had week two of the finals and boy oh boy was there some fantastic games on the weekend. Storm versus the Rooters, Waz versus the Knights. Fuck me, it was glorious. Finals footy was finally here. But before we get to all that, boys, how you doing? LJ mate, how was your weekend brother? Oh, mate, the weekend was great, but it's brought up some questions. I mean, now that we're down to the final four, I thought I'd get a little philosophical on this, you know, drop some philosophy on this bitch. Now, where do you see yourself in 10 beers from now? What is your 10 beer plan? Now, this might sound like a career, but it's really when you're drinking and you just had your 10, what are you doing then? Do you have another two in the fridge? Have you got a backup six pack, another 12? Are you prepared? Have you put in the effort? Do you have more than 10 in the fridge ready to go? there's nothing that gives me more anxiety than hitting that 10th and there's nothing to carry on with. I mean, especially if the game's still going and I'm only 20 minutes into the first half. This has actually been pissing me off for years, to be honest, LJ, because, you know, in probably the last 10 years, they've really dropped it from a 12 box to a 10 box. And you're like, everyone's like, oh, how, how did you go last night? I was like, oh, yeah, I had a box. And you're like, oh, so you had a dozen, did you? I was like, no, it was only 10. So it really, you do have to cater to have that extra, you know, whether it's a couple left over from the night before or, you know, you get two boxes and just see how you go. So that is a great question. Do you get two of the same box? Do you get something different? Do you have a few beers, throw in a couple uh, Billy Mavs while you're at it? Oh, you're doing the old box switch. Two different beers, a little switcheroonie. Well, being the rocket scientist that I am, boys, what you do is you just grab a fucking 24 box, fellas, chuck them all in the fridge. Oh, the old slab. Yeah, mate, you just do it right the first time, then you don't have to worry about it, mate. I think you need to go back to philosophy school, bro. <laughs> Starting to get all fucking Galileo on our ass with that sort of question. Oh, come on, mate. When you're this round of the season, you've got to get some philosophical up on you. How good. Well, how about you, Squid, mate? How you doing? All the inbox messages this week have been about masting and our man with the masters in masting. Now, before we cross back to LJ, I was masting all over the show Saturday night. I was at different percentages of mass, and I may have even premature full mastered around 8pm on Saturday night after that game finished. Rumour has it, LJ, that you had to go to the emergency room to get a mass reduction. Tell us how you feel about being 110% mass, mate. I mean, it's the first time to ever hit six inches, uh, but, <laughs> but like, the heart wasn't covering it too well, had no blood anywhere else. Had to get them, they're like, oh, it's a Warriors supporter, He's he's gone too mass. Oh shit, he's too mass. get him in. And there's just a fucking line of us just... Happy ass, mastered. <laughs> it was a whole room, and you know what the worst thing was? You just couldn't make eye contact. You don't want to make eye contact with another 20 people full mastered or over mastered. <laughs> okay, I feel like that was going to be a real slow come down too, because it would have been all you guys wearing your Warriors shirts. You'd be like, hey, mate, up the world. Fucking how good was that? <laughs> just, you just kick each other off again. Yeah, it's never been my problem to last too long. So once I was in that <laughs> emergency room, it was a pretty quick 20 seconds unmastered. <laughs> But don't worry, boys. I'm back mastered this week. I'm actually at 90% leading into the semi-final, and that's probably still too mastered, but I reckon I could go to 120 this week, baby. <laughs> New PB, son. Oh, how good. Speaking of things, how good, boys. Oh, the Warriors. This has got to be the whole fucking Warriors edition, I reckon, eh? Up the Waz. But for me, boys, it's got to be Rocco Berry. He finally won my respect on the weekend with that try in the 59th minute. No idea how he managed to hold that ball up with two men on him, but fucking hell, what a try. The whole crowd went fucking electric, and you know what? 
So did I, because it was fucking amazing. Honestly, I got no idea how he did it, but he's got to have a fucking tough upper body, eh? So congratulations, mate. Standing O. This is me standing on a podcast where you can't see me. <laughs> First standing O of a podcast ever. But when I saw Barry do it, I saw him be like, this is for you, Coach. As he strings his arm through, he's like, plants it down. He's like, yeah, Coach might like me now. It was like uh, that movie Hot Rod, eh, where he's just trying to win his dad's respect and Rocco Beer, he, he finally did it. He didn't have to fight me for it, but he did it by getting a try. And fuck, what a try. He would have got up and celebrated and showed off the name on his um, strapping tape around his wrist that says Coach, but because he had three guys on him. You know what? That actually sparks my favourite part of the How Good the Waz edition was it was the defense, specifically the defensive setup on Kalen Ponga. I mean, they neutralized the star player who had led them on that 10-week winning streak. Now, you started to see him go wide, and I call it out, Berry and Pompey really read the situation and locked it down. Over the weeks, the centers have been flying out of position when Ponga's run around, the wingers don't know what to do, and suddenly he's through a hole. But they contained him the whole game. I mean... This even brought back all his demons about celebrating buying a house down in Newcastle, which led him to dropping the ball, underperforming, and just wanting to go home. Yeah, you can tell it absolutely worked a treat, eh? Like I mentioned it in the uh, group chat that we're going, but three minutes before the first half, you could see Kalen just drop his head. His shoulders are all hunched over. He could tell that this was going to be a fucking impossible game to come back into. But uh, I'm just glad that Kurt Mann's there in the sheds to comfort him, eh? <laughs> My how good boys for Up The Waz edition, Saturday good night, where do we start? How about inside the first two minutes? And that's how long it took for the Warriors to score. And it was just absolutely beautiful. You know, little backdoor play, CNK hit the hole. They started off so strong. They went bang, bang, bang. What was it, three tries in 15 minutes? And that really just set them up for the remainder of that match, I thought. We're going to have to throw it in there that I love you CNK, but fuck you, man. You cost me $260 if you just pass the ball to fucking DWZ. Yeah. I had a few bets on you. Same, bro. First try, <laughs> this and this, and then, oh, it hurt. I made four bets on the weekend, and three of them had DWZ as first try scorer. So, yeah, I was, I was in the exact same boat, man. I mean, my only bet that came through was Warriors 13+, plus, and that was a bit of a whim that I threw out last minute, but look at me now, bitches. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, my only bet that came through was number seven on the dogs. <laughs> Quality, absolute quality stuff, which is exactly what the Warriors were on the weekend. And all honestly, I'm going to call it right now. They can beat the Broncos. 100%. They can beat the Broncos if they bring that same energy. If anything, they might have put the foot off the pedal about 20 minutes into that first half, but they just got to keep up their tempo and they could probably walk away with the win. But speaking of things which are absolutely fantastic is we're going to head over to our first Steady Award for this week's podcast, boys. <laughs> Now we're going to kick things off with the Steady Award for the most awkward moment, and here's your four nominees. Round five during the Knights versus the Manly game where young Lachlan Miller retreats kind of diagonally sideways about three metres behind the try line as a huge holy moly Olakuatu comes steaming down towards him to score a try. He did not want to have a part of that. It's weird to see a Knights player avoid the white line, but carry on. The second nominee is Christian Welsh's Mike overhears him asking Bellyache, how did the Knights lose? Penrith had no one. And then the Knights go on to have a near perfect run getting them into the finals. The third nominee is Ruben Garrick hit in the air by CNK from a bouncing ball which left him flailing around in the air like a ragdoll hitting the ground like a champ. And it was play on. <laughs> and last but not least, the West Tigers Anzac jersey scandal. 
They had a whole bunch of American troops on the front of a clearly Australian and New Zealand remembrance jersey for Anzac Day. Just fucking lol. And the winner is... The West Tigers Anzac jersey scandal where they had the American troops on the front of the Anzac jumper. Fucking beautiful work, fellas. What a way to Google an image and then put it on a jersey. <laughs> well, the best part about it, if you actually Google search army shirt, I think it's one of the top five, like, if the images. So literally someone at home has just grabbed it, thought it on a jersey, and then thought, do you know who should wear this to the press conference? Bateman. You know that, <laughs> that Londoner. Put him on it. Fuck it. He can be in the Anzac team this week. That proud Australian <laughs> slash New Zealander. <laughs> the strangest thing is, it's just... It's not like the West Tigers to fuck something up. So congrats, boys. You well deserve that one. The only thing that would have been better is if they were all holding wooden spoons instead of guns. <laughs> with, with a couple of speech bubbles going, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, West Tigers, well deserved. And they are fucking Muppets. But speaking of which, let's head on over to Muppet of the Week. N-R-L-3, Muppet of the Week. Oh, boys, there was only two games, but fuck, someone put their hand right up in the air and go, pick me, motherfucker. <laughs> and you know what? Fresh off the disappointment of losing Muppet of the Year, Ashley Klein put in a performance that was clinical of such a big man in a big game. My favourite part is in the Storm game is when Harry Grant blatantly knocked it on. Ashley said no, then later told the players he got it wrong. I mean, if that isn't a stitch-up to get Muppet of the Week, I don't know what is. Oh, mate, I called it last week. This guy should not be fucking refereeing high-end NRL games, especially finals footy. He's had multiple instances this year where he has just been a fucking Muppet. So, you know what? I'm, I'm taking back last week's award. I'm going to give him an extra fucking trophy for Muppet of the Year. I'm just going to walk into his house. There you go. <laughs> I actually did manage to catch a glimpse of um, Ashley Klein's strapping tape on his wrist, and that one did say Coach with the heart around it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'm going to his house, bro? <laughs> the best part about going to his house as well is he's got the week off, so we just got some playtime. Fucking, we got time off our sleeves, boys. Now, to be honest, Ashley Klein has had way too many chances this year, and he's... Um, Earned himself a Mad Monday, which I think is the first time for a ref, so <laughs> I'm not sure how that goes on his own, but I'm sure he'll make the most of it. Sadly, I look forward to him being named as the grand final fucking referee, eh? I was going to say, um, actually, once he hits Mad Monday, as still second part of his punishment, he will be refing the NRLW grand final <laughs> on the Sunday and have to actually watch the grand final afterwards. Now, boys, let's head on over to our next steady. So for this study, we are looking at the signing of the year. Now, we've had four nominations that really stood out all season, and one of them's going to take home a steady. So first of all, we have CNK from the Warriors. We then have Reese Walsh from the Broncos, Jermaine Hopgood from the Eels, and a surprise entry last 12 weeks, Greg Marju from the Knights. And the winner is, well... <laughs> It was really a one-horse race, really. This has to go to the Warriors fullback, Mr. CNK. He's had the biggest turnaround coming from New South Wales Cup last year. We was at the Raiders, deemed not good enough. Ricky had nothing to do with him. I mean, he has heart, resilience, and everything you want in a fullback. And shit, he's keeping RTS from coming back to that spot next year. I mean, he has to be, and is, the winner of this year's Steady for Signing of the Year. 
Yeah, mate, an absolute ripper bloke. He's, as you said, the heart and soul of the team. And I sort of caught myself saying, like, I kind of wish he never left the Warriors. But you know what? I'm glad that he did because he obviously matured a lot, grew into a player. Like, yeah, we take the piss out of Ricky, but he's actually a really good young uh, development coach. And he's done a really good job with him. Sure, he, he dropped him at the end of last year, but that's kind of how Ricky does, doesn't he? He gets angry and just fucking throws his toys out of the cot. And CNK was probably one of the best toys he ever had. Funniest thing is he now knows that if he doesn't run a minimum of 150 meters a week, we'll send him back to Canberra. <laughs> for me, CNK's actually been one of the top performers for the Warriors this season. Like, he doesn't quite get the accolades that, you know, like SJ and AFB do as, as the big names in the team. But, I mean... 300 meters on the weekend like the dude is absolute freak he actually deserved a week off going off lj's stats of a minimum 150 so you know <laughs> so congratulations cnk for this year's steady for signing of the year now boys we actually had another game of footy as well i know we've touched on the wars just absolutely down trailing those poor pathetic knights but we actually had another game the first game of the round where the storm took on the rooters now what were your thoughts fellas squid what do you think? I was actually doing my 10 bear plan, so um, I don't really remember most of this game, but I do vaguely remember the end, but what a finish. The Roosters went ahead with a one-point lead inside 10 minutes to go, and it actually looked like they had this one in the bag until Cam the Money Man Munster with the crossfield kick and leap of faith from Woolbrook. Now, normally, in my opinion, this would be a bad play. You know, you've got minutes left. You don't want to be kicking the ball away, but apparently, what the fuck do I know? Well, the Storm, in my opinion, just got robbed because fucking old mate Sam Walker, he head-hired old uh, Harry Grant, and Harry Grant just lay on the ground waiting for the penalty, but old fucking Muppet of the Week here, he just decides not to call the penalty, and then it was play on. So was, I'm glad that they uh, got that kick away. But just in general, Munster was on fucking fire. Between him and young Harry Grant, they were two best on ground for sure. Like, he wasn't just offense either. It was all, like, his tackles. He managed to smoke Sam Walker with a massive hit as well. And he was just in that finals mentality, just looking absolutely on fire. I mean, Munster's on fire, but did you even notice Jerome Hughes wasn't there? Because that young lad, Wishart, fuck, he played his heart out. He was everywhere. He set up the first try, scored a try. He was electric. He's a little nuggety dude, eh? I thought that was pretty weird. Oh, he's fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a hooker, but he was fucking just running around with his giant fucking thighs. He fucking looked like one of the trolls had just gotten out of Lord of the Rings and made it straight into the field. But fuck, did he score some tries and... No, he gave 110%. Harry Grant, though, he was in form. He was looking like Damien Cook a few years back, where he's just cutting the inside man, going behind the markers, and just being... He was just elusive. He was the definition of an elusive hooker. He was just fucking on fire. I just loved it how they um, kept him on the bench. They're, like, holding him and, like, shackle him down to the bench for the first 10, 15 minutes. He's like, I want to get on. They're like, no just like holding with the chains and finally let on let him on he's just sprinting around he's involved in everything doesn't have to do the big tackles the first hit-ups like i think they'll do that again this week there's no doubt he's starting from the bench this week and potentially grand final if they make it yeah speaking of bench though i think we've got a new steady next year eh? because old christian welsh he did a jared croker and he actually got named as captain playing off the bench which i thought was fucking hilarious after last week's podcast well that would be the kirk gidley award if i <laughs> yeah. believe believe myself to be correct if we if we go back far enough in history, mate, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolute classic though. What a strat! It's a new strategy. Get your leadership fucking coming off the bench twenty minutes in, just to you know gather the boys, gather the troops, and come home with a win. 
after that first 20 minutes when everyone's huffing and puffing out, you need somebody with some wise words to come on. He's like, yeah. well, I'm fresh as daisies and I can tell you guys what to do from here. Take the two. <laughs> now, speak of someone steadying the ship, that brings us on to our third steady of the week. Now, the third study this week actually has its own sponsor, and that is Debbie's Donuts for Grub of the Year. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> mm, nothing I like more than some grubs and some donuts. Am I right, boys? <laughs> now, we've got four nominees for this category, and first one is Reese Little Bitch Walsh. Now, yes, he might be one of the best-looking players in the league. Yes, he might have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen, but it does not stop him from complaining and doing dodgy shit and just being a right pest I'm pretty sure he's definitely uh, the new Billy Slater with the knees in the corner trying to save the try, but you know, that might be just enough to get him over the line. And of course, we couldn't have a grub of the year without Jack fuck him up Byton. In his last game of the year, he wanted to really put his hand up for, for grub of the year, so he had a little bite while he was out there, and you know, that's just not on. If anything, he could have brought some salt and pepper and put a little bit of flavor on that forearm, but you know, each to their own. And our third nominee is Cody Walker. Now, this guy's face looks like it was put together with Play-Doh. I don't know if you've ever seen it up on the big screen, but I swear to God, that guy should be playing Masters, not NRL, because he looks like he is 68 years old. And the fourth one, it couldn't be a Grub of the Year category without Latrell Mitchell. I mean, we can only go back a couple of years and what he did to poor Joey Manu's face, just a gentle shoulder to deconstruct his face. So, you know, he'll be in there for the next years to come. As long as he's playing NRL, you know he's going to be in there. And those are your four nominees for Steady Grub of the Year. And the winner is Jack Bytum for taking a chunk out of Tyson Gambale's forearm. And don't worry, mate, this one comes with a prize pack, seeing how it has a sponsor. So we'll be sending you out some salt and pepper. Uh, speaking of sponsors, Coach, why the f- Debbie seems to be here every week. What's how'd you, how'd you get a steady? She's just that much of a good bird, mate. She loves the podcast. She's here for the listeners. She's here for the entertainment. Like I don't know if you've ever caught her at a game, mate, but she is the biggest banterer of all time. So there's a there's a key reason, and that's because she's an absolute fucking legend. Nothing to do with that contract behind you saying we haven't lived up to all our obligations yet. <laughs> or, or the free rent you seem to be offering her. <laughs> no, nah, she's been doing great things all season, going up and down the country. I think she's only handed out about four or five 31 packs of Debbie's Donuts this year, so we had to support her somehow. Well, hopefully we'll see her there on Saturday night delivering some out to the Bronx. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's head on over to Games to Watch. Yeah! We got some games to watch. We got some games to watch this weekend. Well, boys, we got Finals 40 Week 3 right here, and we're going to kick things off with the Panthers versus the Storm. Now, both teams have injury clouds left, right, and center, with Luai potentially back, and Cleary apparently going to the hospital for breaking a nail. And then the Storm, Hughes is probably 50-50. I don't think he's actually going to make it. And Xavier Coates, who probably isn't going to make it as well. So they're missing two key players for the Storm. Now, for me, it's got to be the Panthers if Luai makes it back. I know the Storm were looking fucking fantastic, but it's the Panthers we're talking about here. Um, so lock me into them, boys. Well, I've actually been thinking, I'm like, oh, I can't stand the Storm. I really want the Panthers to win, even though they've been there. But I'd love a new grand finals set up. So I'm quite torn. But I think the Panthers are going to edge them out. I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone expects. I expect another two to four point game. And I think the Panthers will get it in the end. What about you, Squid? Yeah, I think you might be right there, LJ. 
could be a pretty tight game. Like we know that the Panthers have got a star-studded lineup from one to seventeen. It doesn't really matter who they put out on the field, and you know they only get stronger if Luai actually does play, and if Cleary can manage to grow that nail back within a week. So um, I think that the Panthers will do it. Um, I don't think that the Storm will go out without a fight. So for me, you just get the Panthers itching, which unfortunately gives them four grand finals in a row. You know, I mentioned it last week, Dynasty, Panthers it is. But enough about that game. Let's head on over to the main game, the main attraction of the round. It is the Broncos versus the Mighty Waz over in Suncorp. It is a 10 to 10 kickoff. So fuck, I might need to get into that 24 pack, get that slab going. You know, I think the Waz have it. Don't need to talk too much about it. We've talked about it the whole night. I think the Warriors can do it. Keep that defense up. Shut Walsh down. Sorted. See them in the grand final. Squid. I'm actually going into this game pretty confident. You know, like the way that they performed on Saturday night, shutting down Kalen Ponga. You know, I've seen it over social media now. It's like, oh, have Warriors just unlocked the key to shutting down Reese Walsh? Because they just did it to one of probably the second best fullback this year. So I think that they can do it. They're going to get a lot of fan support over there in Brisbane because pretty sure half of Brisbane is mouldy anyway. So I just feel like they've got it. It's hard to find a weakness in this team. I mean, I could probably go on for this for too long. So up the wires. Here we go. I don't care if they win by one or 60. Let's go. Yeah, man, I think you nailed it on the head. I think the crowd is going to be a big support for the Warriors. I think they're going to get at least a 50-50 split, maybe even bordering onto the Warriors. Like, Because there's a lot of people in Bronco land that hate the Broncos. So I think a lot of those Dolphins supporters will probably get a ticket, go along and support the Warriors. Um, and then, as the great Honey Daniel said three minutes to go of the game, she was like, book your tickets now, folks. The Warriors are heading to Brisbane's home ground, Suncorp Stadium. And I'd believe anything she says. So I reckon there's a whole bunch of Kiwis flying over for this trip. Because why Why wouldn't you? you got to bring some signs along and enjoy the game. It's finals footy, baby. And that's why I'm locking in the Warriors. I honestly think they can do it. I think they're running on adrenaline. They're all pumped up. And if they bring the same game mentality that they did against the Knights, I think they could just go full speed ahead and actually down trail the Broncos from behind and catch them unawares. Because the Broncos are going in with full confidence, mate. They are cocky as fuck. But I reckon the Warriors are going to do it. Come on, boys. Up the wires. Well, i got to respect Honey Daniels because she knows to get a ticket. Speaking of tickets, for that grand final, we've got an extra ticket to come sit with the lads. The greatest NRL podcast trio plus producer will be there. We'll be there in the stands and we've got a spot for you. Now, we introduced it last week and all you have to do, easy, send in your favorite segment or moment from the season on the NRL Back 3 podcast. Easy. One more week to go. Listen to the back catalogue and just send it through to us. Send us a little explanation. What was your funniest moment? What was the best moment? Why did you enjoy it? Why is Squid the man? Just whatever you want, just let us know. We're happy to hear it. That's right. And boys, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. So listeners, have a fantastic weekend. This is going to be one for the fucking ages. I reckon these two games are going to be fucking phenomenal. But we'll see you here next week live right here on the NRL Back 3 podcast. So boys, does anyone have Ashley Klein's address?